nation state is interested in it. There's going to be different numbers for those for those two cohorts of people. Yeah, he's saying that there's a uh, that with scale you can do it better, right? And that you can create ASICs that are on a lower fab, you know, a better chip size, right? There's still the the five and seven nanometer chips that you can move down to, and most ASICs are still on the seven nanometer chip, right? So there's a lot of stuff here, but. You know, just taking the price per terahash on two bitmain orders, multiplying that based on the price, uh, how much terahash we have right now, and then saying, okay, well, if you're willing to invest that much, then the price, you know, then the electricity is already marginal there for, let's just say, you know, you can get everything plugged up and you're, uh, you know, double spending the Bitcoin network and robbing exchanges. Um, you know, that's going to destroy the network and uh, with one shot kill. And, uh, you know, hey, you can just do it with, uh, you know, a couple of days worth of electricity and you're good to go. Like, I'm sorry that that calculation just literally does not play out into practice whatsoever. And he already backtracked it. I was like pushing him on it. And he's already be recording this. this... I I already I'm recording it. Yeah, we already backtracked. He already backtracked it. He's already backtracked it, saying that uh, now it's ten billion, according to Twitter. So, um, you know, I, I just don't find him credible whatsoever. Well, okay, so we're talking about okay, but hold, hold on, let's let's gate let's gate that. We're talking about the the economic cost of securing Bitcoin and specifically the dollar values, and like, sure, the calculations could be wrong. But like, if we want to by get into it, sure, <laughs> by, a by a lot, not, sure. not could, even could close. Be, could could be, but like, honestly, that and one of the points that he's trying to make is like, it doesn't even matter if it's off by like an order of magnitude because some of these fundamental constructions just it, it doesn't even matter. Maybe maybe his calculations are actually one one hundredth of the financial cost, but some of these some of these these way that Bitcoin is secured fundamentally doesn't carry over to long-term security regardless like you were getting into all we've already jumped into a very niche component of like the ultrasound money thesis or podcast not and not we're not talking about the overarching concept no 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 that that's that you can't say that okay we're focusing on a niche thing look he is making design decisions for ethereum and making recommendations for the sound like how ethereum should operate based on these assumptions of how Bitcoin is operating and its flaws, right? If he doesn't even understand that, if he doesn't even understand the engine behind Bitcoin, then how is he making Ethereum, you know, practically better? Like he's saying that Ethereum is better in every single measure, but Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's, here's a great example. Okay. He says, okay, Coinbase adds, you know, X amount of ETH, to the proof of stake ecosystem. And that is just a direct exponential increase in ETH security, right? As a proof of stake. Mm -hmm. He is not taking into account that, no, Coinbase is one entity that controls all of those keys. Like there, there's, it's more nuanced than they just added this kind of money to the pool. And now the pool is that more secure. It, who, it matters who is actually holding those keys, right? Who's securing that? If you have three massive entities with all of the stake in there, you know, you're, you're not in a good economic situation, even though based on his like freaking you know, fifth grade economics math strategy, you know, you are. So like I, I question every single one of his economic assertions to their core. Like I, I think that literally it was just bad information on the podcast. Like I was actually offended listening to it because it was like, because this is this, this is, you know, what you can assume here. And it, like, I'm not an economist, but I, I just noticed way too many issues with the Bitcoin side of things. So if he's making these many faulty issues, you know, kind of assumptions on Bitcoin, then how could I even, you know, remotely trust his assertions around proof of stake and how Ethereum is going to work? Uh. So I do remember talking him mentioning like the the staking in Coinbase and that just providing more security to Ethereum and I was like, well, wait a second, I, that that one I did remember getting tripped up. That on was that one. weak. I was like, okay, um, dude, come on, yeah. man. It's but, not but a one to one function. But again, we're, these things we're, do we've not do, exist in a bubble. We've do, we've driven into uh, like some nuances about and some some core concepts about a specific part of like Bitcoin security. 
that again, I would say is not actually a part of the ultrasound money thesis. Um, the, the ultrasound money thesis is like the difference between uh, ASICs and chip manufacturing versus staking, right? Um, not about like the actual dollar cost of producing a terahash for the Bitcoin network. Um, and let's see. And, and I think there's just a general fundamental like this position difference between you and Justin where like he is more like rather than trying to get to the to the real world like if i go to the bitmain site and i look at how much it costs to produce an asic and, and how long that's going to get me get get to me so i can start mining bitcoin that's that seems to be where like where where your head's at where he's more at like he, he's more okay with just being inaccurate about the numbers but so long as the model it's about the model not about the actual raw numbers because the model is the fundamental truth at the end of the day and especially when we talk about like the value of the no, dollar, reality dollar. is truth models are models models are to help you Reality's understand reality based on models bitcoin no. is based on models no bitcoin is a pra- is in practice this is this is the whole maybe this is like the crux of the issue I have with ETH2 and you showing ETH2 mm-hmm. as if it is reality because mm-hmm. ETH2 is a model and guess what Bitcoin as it is is in practice and I'm sorry that it's ugly on paper but Bitcoin really fucking works on uh, in practice and this is why I'm right. sorry his I have to call it fifth grade napkin math and poor research equals it costs $5 billion to attack Bitcoin. You don't even have to worry about the electricity. That's garbage, dude. I'm sorry. It's just garbage. If we like at some point, like the the math to attack Bitcoin isn't even accurate because if we really wanted to talk about attacking Bitcoin, like there's already like things that exist in the real world that would just tilt the axis of Bitcoin power. Like, like with a whole like real world manifestation of proof of work mines, like the United States with its current level of technology could nix like, I don't know, 50% of Bitcoin hash power, like tomorrow, if it really fucking wanted to. And so like, and, and that wouldn't benefit would that have for them and how would that stop Bitcoin? Well, because then, then, the, then the actual dollar cost of producing ASICs and chips get, also gets cut in half, right? And so, like the actual dollar cost, because Bitcoin is both physical and digital, like the actual like economic cost of attacking the system, like we're never going to be able to come to an actual dollar amount. And so that's that's why it's actually important to model this th- these things out. I mean, at least try to come up with an accurate model. Like, I'm sorry. Taking two Bitmain invoices, which he linked to me in the tweet back and forth I had with him, and then saying, look, it costs them less than $20 per terahash to ship this, you know, and then extrapolating that by, you know, t- taking all the terahashes in the current network and then multiplying it by $20. Like, I'm sorry, that is not valid. That has no, like, that isn't even close to realistic whatsoever. And then on top of that, again, the, these invoices that he's citing, they were they were issued in like you know and signed in December, and they're not even going to ship until January of 2021. Oh, sorry, sorry, the end of December of 2021. They started in January of 2021, so it's going to take 12 months for the entire order on both of those shipments to come to fruition. Meanwhile, apparently governments are supposed to be able to come up with 51% of the hash rate and attack Bitcoin for an extended period of time uh, while they can't even manufacture masks in America. Like, are you kidding me? You're telling you're going to found 50% of the hash rate overnight, plug all of that in with magical electricity that we have access to abundantly. You know, apparently there's no constraints on electricity and you're going to 50% attack the network to the point where it's unusable and there's no market competition that can do anything with it. It's like, I'm sorry, dude, your model is stupid. Your model is completely off. It has nothing to do with reality. I I have nothing more to say. It's just bad. It's bad information. It's not realistic whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I understand your point, and like yes, real, real, numbers and reality are important. But again, like the, we're, we are, like you and him are also, and and no, like no, it's not, it's not about how like we're also talking about something that's not reality, and that's that's valid. <laughs> the whole point about this industry is that it extrapolates into the future. And like, so he is talking about like theory and projections and modeling into the future. And you're talking about real world practice. And these are different conversations. He said that Ethereum has more real security than Bitcoin today in its 
infancy of proof of stake. That is a pure shill based on bad numbers that have no connection to reality. I'm sorry. He's saying Bitcoin is broken. Buy my coin. I'm sorry. That is all I heard. And I'm, <laughs> and you need reality to justify that. Okay. But like what he's also talking about with Bitcoin in reality is that when we extrapolate Bitcoin into the future, it also breaks down, which is like, and this is why Bitcoin- Where like is the, the evidence of that? Where is the evidence of that? Hi, miners have never made more money explicitly from the block reward than they are today. Oh my God. We're just rehashing the same thing we talked about on the last POV. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious. It's about where... Bitcoin denominated <laughs> rewards in relation to itself. And then it's also about quantum computing. Like Bitcoin comes to a dead end no matter what in all scenarios if you model it out, which for some reason Bitcoiners don't want like, oh, models, no practice, no models. Uh, again, like which models are you talking about that have actually shown any sort of reality? Because the only the only reality is hash rate exploding. Yeah, that's not what secures Bitcoin. Hash rate is also the thing that attacks Bitcoin. There being more total hash rate doesn't mean that Bitcoin is more secure in a one to one fashion. That's not what that means. Uh, I mean, it kind of does. I mean, no, the, no, because you can a, also you can also use ha- you have to use hash power to also attack the network. Just because there's yeah. more hash power doesn't mean it's only. So by the by the time you have fifty one percent attack, you own the golden goose. So why would you kill it? Right. Yes. The game, game theory, theory works yeah. out pretty well. That, oh, is that? I a mean, model? in practice, is that a model I guess that we're, that we're doing <laughs> is that what no, we're I'm using now? Saying. Now we're using models. No, in practice, the game theory works. It's been working. It's still working. And, you know, you can point to all these economic studies that miss that, you know, kind of make these weird assumptions like that. Oh, guess what? All of Bitcoin's energy usage is equals, you know, city level CO2 emissions and then say that, oh, okay, now that equals the amount of electricity or the, the CO2 impact of Bitcoin. I'm just saying that there's tons of these silly little models that, take, you know, really rudimentary kind of stabs at what Bitcoin is doing to the world. And they're all completely off. And I'm sorry, when Justin got onto your podcast and said, proof of stake is better for these reasons, based on these reasons, and Bitcoin is going to fundamentally fail because of these reasons. And then he spewed a bunch of BS about how Bitcoin works that does not relate to the real world. I have to discount 100% of the things that he said about Bitcoin. I have to discount his understanding of crypto economics whatsoever. And, you know, if he's saying Bitcoin's going to die in the future, and then I'm seeing a world where Bitcoin is fundamental to all energy production, and then I see that he doesn't understand how Bitcoin fits into hardware production, energy production, supply chains, I'm just like, okay, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You didn't do any fucking research besides look at two freaking Bitmain invoices and extrapolate that into what you think is the actual security budget of Bitcoin. Like, it, it's just bad. I'm sure that's re- it's really, really convenient that you can take what you don't like about his arguments and then extend it to everything else that he said so you can deny the rest of that. That's, I'm just saying convenient. I have to seriously question. Look, it's just like, hey, look, when I see what the media, how the media portrays Bitcoin and I understand how off they are, then it makes me question literally all of their other reporting. So I, I really do have to question Justin because like he's asserting so much about Bitcoin and get, he did not speak very much on the podcast without saying Bitcoin. Like almost right. all of the arguments were tied into what Bitcoin is doing and then how ETH is like a 2.0 right. on that. Right. Yes. So if he didn't understand that what Bitcoin is, what ETH is improving on in the first place, how can he improve on it? I just don't understand. Well, okay. Okay. I mean, in your opinion, d- does Justin understand the real security budget of Bitcoin or how to evaluate it in practice? I think I think what he values with a security mechanism for a blockchain and and how he values it is how different than how Bitcoiners value it. Okay, but what does that have to do with forecasting what's going to have a more security in the future? Because because these these systems, crypto economic systems, are internet economies 
they have, and, and this is an, an article that's coming out on the Bankless newsletter tomorrow. Maybe this would this form will, will resonate with you as a, as a model because that's what it is. These are crypto economic systems, which, which have a governing body, like a government, which is the code. And then they have a protective force, which is these, the, the, the miners and Ethereum is proof of stake, the stakers. And then they have the economy, which is the economy that uses BTC, the asset that pays fees into the, the coordinating body, which coordinates the resources to the, to the uh, protective forces, the army. We have this trifecta. All economies throughout history have always been constructed by this, which is why we know we can model these things like that. And so what Justin Drake is doing is he's taking that model and he's looking at the resource allocations of the Bitcoin economy. And he's saying these things are inefficient and they can be improved. And maybe he's not getting the minute details of what is or is not efficient and how efficient it is. But uh, when you view things from a holistic modeled perspective, you can start to see where these things are inefficient and where they can be made more efficient. And so, sure, we can go and parse apart. It's like, well, he actually got all this wrong and that wrong and that wrong. Therefore, all of what he says is bullshit because I don't want to believe it. Or we could look at the model and look at where things can be, be made more efficient. And maybe Bitcoiners don't like things that are models and, and things that aren't in practice. And that's fine. And they can just buy Bitcoin and believe in Bitcoin. And that's fine. And then I think they will. I'm interested in the optimizations. I mean, it's fair. You're you're allowed to optimize, but it's just silly to get onto a, a podcast and uh, and spew fud. Um, in terms okay, of like, okay, it's, it's, models it's and subjective fud. It's fud to Bitcoiners, and then you can find the out the specific parts where like, well, that was wrong. But then if you just code it with fud, that's fud. You're fudding. Okay, I mean, again, he did not represent the reality of Bitcoin security in any way that was reasonable. He used that in order to promote his altcoin in which he is heavily invested in, you know, designing the reality of where he's socially pushing the entire community to go. Um, and you're just, telling, just you're think- just saying that he's like shilling his bags, which was what, again, what you're doing right now. We're all just shilling our bags here. I mean, I did not FUD Ethereum and I did not FUD Ethereum and I did not try to make some sort of every time we talk. I I did not try to make some sort of theory um, theory about putting a dollar value on Ethereum security that is inaccurate and then use that as a mechanism to to, you know, say you should buy Bitcoin instead. But rather what I'm doing is saying that one of the key people who is designing Ethereum security Mm -hmm. based on you know, these kind of assumptions about how Bitcoin security works is like very, very obviously not aware of how Bitcoin security actually works. And like you guys were talking about things like the engine of the blockchain, right? Referring Mm -hmm. to like proof of stake mechanism, right? But when I think of like the engine of the blockchain, huh? A consensus mechanism. Not necessarily. Yeah. The, so, but in the podcast, you're referring to it as the engine, right? So you have yeah, the so, asset, mm-hmm. and then you have the engine behind it that keeps it alive, right? It's like right. this network, right? And gold's engine is, you know, the the thing that makes it gold is enforced by the universe, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not consider proof of work as like the engine, right? You know, if anything, the engine of the Bitcoin network is the P2P layer. It's the propagation layer of information across the network, right? So I'm curious, what what does Ethereum's P2P layer and, Bit- and Bitcoin's P2P layer look like? What how does node propagation look across that, right? How about how about cell repropagation, right? So how how does the system actually grow and reproduce? My, well, my I mean, if you look at Ethereum, different. huh? My model for engines are different. The engine is the economy that is hosted. So like the, the things that make the transaction fees, the demand for, demand for Bitcoin block space is the Bitcoin engine. That's, that's, that's how I fit into my model. Okay, well, I mean, maybe we can break it down differently. But if you want to talk about like a technical engine, like the physical network, how it works, that's the P2P layer. And I mean, he was like, hey, the Bitcoin engine is just getting old and decrepit. But if you think about the, if you actually know anything about the P2P layer, there is enormous dev resources being put into optimizing the Bitcoin P2P layer. That's why I say Bitcoin is like sharpening a spear, right? It's like, oh, wait, 
you know, these nodes aren't propagating transactions fast enough. Oh, wait, the mempool is getting too full and nodes are forgetting the, the you know, uh, the transactions. How do we optimize that? Like the, the actual mechanism of how Bitcoin's network operates is constantly being updated and fixed and, and, and optimized, right? So it's just like, what aspect is dying? So, okay, now you say, okay, the proof of work aspect is unrealistic because because eventually there's going to be so much value stored in per BTC that the amount of value that is being, you know, used in order to pay for that value to be secured is going to uh, be out of balance, right? But then you like look at, okay, well, what is a Bitcoin success scenario? What percentage of the world market cap is Bitcoin currently spending in terms of its, uh, in terms of its security budget or in terms of its block reward? And then, okay, so let's just say, hey, Bitcoin's addressable market is this. Bitcoin potentially could hit this percentage of that addressable market and then calculate what the block reward will be in dollar terms in the future. Um, at that point, and I mean, you'll see that if Bitcoin is even remotely successful, that its block reward will be exponentially higher than it is today. And today it's exponentially higher than it was in the past. So, I mean, in terms of the actual like real world resources used to spend for Bitcoin and protect the network, there's a stark disconnection between what the BTC value of the block award and what that actually is in practice. Okay. Most of that in my mind was the coordinating body. And so like, this is the model that, that I was talking about earlier, where like the protective force, that's proof of work. And then we have economic power. That's the economy. That's the engine. And then we have the coordinating body, which is the code. And so a lot of what you were saying with like uh, Bitcoin sharpening its, its sticks or sharpening its beer or whatever, to me, that is improving the coordinating body. That's improving the Bitcoin code and making that, that, that work. Economic power, that's block space demand. And protective force, that's proof of work, right? And so what this, this whole trifecta thing, and this is the economic model I was talking about earlier, this is found throughout history. It's a model that we know works because we, it, it worked 10,000 years ago and it was worked 100 years ago and it's working today. Uh, and so the coordinating body is what you are saying is getting super strong, but that, that doesn't actually, just because the coordinating body is getting stronger doesn't mean the actual proof of work mechanism is getting stronger. Those are different things. Um, Except that the so proof I, I of work mechanism is getting stronger. It, right for for separate the hash reasons rates exploding for separate reasons is things. increasing um more and more manufacturers are jumping into asic manufacturing asics are becoming commoditized s9s have been legitimate for over five years which is the longest life cycle of any um bitcoin hardware there's massive improvements on os for optimizing asics so they don't die like you could possibly even try to evaluate bitcoin security by saying what's the stock to flow of hash rate right? Like how much hash rate can come online based on how much already exists. That would make way more economic sense and way more realistic sense than, you know, what Justin did, which is like, okay, $20 per terahash from Bitmain, Bitmain's invoice from earlier this year, you know, that's not even going to be added to the supply for another year, right? So you need to have some sort of stock to flow analysis in there before you can come up with that number, let alone make the claim that Ethereum's, uh, you know, 1.0 proof of stake chain that has no features and you know all it is is some eth staked on it has more security that's just a wildly unrealistic and inaccurate statement okay i don't have anything to say i mean i could just keep dunking on it another thing that you guys like had this like i just it's completely wrong is the fact that monetary premium is this magical thing that's construed upon an asset based on the crowd that is so far so it's so it far is. from reality it's what? not this you, magical monetary premium thing. is isn't a social layer thing monetary premium is something that's a a actual item with very specific property gains when it becomes the most liquid asset okay yes and as this thing is the most liquid asset in an economy, it builds monetary premium. It has, it's not magical. It's, it's not social. It's a shelling it is, point. Yes. It is truly, it, it is. We're no, saying the, the shelling thing. We're saying the same thing. Because you're saying that the shelling point leads to monetary premium. And I'm saying the actual attributes of the thing leads to people all coming together and acknowledging reality, which it's appears all the same to be a shelling loop. point. 
it's, it's not all the same no because you're saying that people get to make up their mind and i'm saying that reality is reality and people acknowledge right. reality yes yeah and then they make up their mind right it's it's all the same thing no no but you're saying that it's a social feedback loop and I disagree. I, I think that, I mean, there is a compounding effect where things snowball, but it is because something has specific attributes. And I'm not saying right. Ethereum does not have specific attributes. Right. I, I mean, I think Ethereum is obviously showing that has attributes to work in some sort of monetary capacity right now, especially within its internal ecosystem. Bitcoin mm-hmm. obviously does that. The dollar obviously does that. Um, you know, the euro in its little uh, geography does that. But in terms of like saying it's this magical thing that people agree upon, it's like, no, they have no choice but to agree upon it, just like they have no choice but to agree upon gravity. It is a law of nature. It is reality. This is the most liquid good. This is how you get the job done. It yeah, has, it's sem- not magical. This it's is not this mysterious you're, thing. You're, you're yelling about semantics. I mean, I'm just listening to the podcast and I'm like, is completely wrong <laughs> this is where this is so like so much of what bitcoiners and ethereans like fight about is like sometimes it's about core deep concepts and then most of the time it's just semantics and wording and that's what's going on here no, it's not because you can say like a lot of times people say money is is a matter of faith money is a matter of people believing in a thing and mm-hmm. yes obviously over time people have co- gained confidence in a new thing but that it's not a matter of faith. They gained confidence is because it has proven that it can do so. It's proven over time that it has features. People have to be convinced that those features are real. Not, not that people have to imbue those features into it per se. Yeah, I I just think that the differences between what you think that Ethereans that Justin Drake was saying and what what you and Bitcoiners and what you are saying right now, like the differences are just so so minute. So explain where I'm like mistaken in what Ethereum is just, saying. It's just a it's just a matter of like where where we decided to start the conversation. Like we just decided on the fact that like well when when the collective human uh, like collectively when Venezuela when Venezuelan people all decide that their currency is shit and so they start to store their value elsewhere. That's like the same kind of energy that we're talking about. We're talking about, well, collectively humans discover that one money will suit them better than other monies. And so they collectively use that money instead. Like this is just Gresham's law just just played out. This is Bitcoin is the apex predator of money. This is that same thing. When, when, when When the meat space hive mind social layer of people's brains identify a money that's going to work for them, they will use it. And that's the ma- magic meme power that we were talking about. It's not meme power. It's okay. It's then it's reality. a semantics debate. It's just semantics. Then no, we use no. the wrong word. So no, the 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 meme is the way to conf- communicate reality. It's to say Bitcoin is this super complicated thing. Ethereum is this super complicated mm-hmm. thing, and the meme is the way that we communicate and help people understand it. It's not the mm-hmm. thing that makes the network. Sure. The network is a physical, real thing. And I think the fact that Ethereans don't quite grasp that, again, makes me question their full understanding of the complete space. And the fact that they're leading a network that is driven by social consensus and not by the physical network, um, again, is it's bearish to me. Like, I look at that and I'm like, that is long-term bearish. So like we, we, at least with the, this article that I have coming out on Bagel Tomorrow and in the podcast as well, like we talked about the meme, the, the, the meme length, uh, layer like last. And again, maybe the meme was the wrong word, but like first we talked about a deflating supply as a function of the size of the economy. Then we talked about reduction of issuance because of the efficiencies of proof of stake. And then we talked about a few other things. And then we talked about, well, then this can work its way into the social consciousness. And then an additional amount of scarcity premium arises as a result of that, which is what you were saying with like with the fundamentals of the actual asset, saleability of the asset, blah, 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 blah. And so like it, it's a res- the magic meme power is a result of the actual real, real world design characteristics of the asset in question. I mean, I don't really understand how those things make ethereum more saleable or more liquid 
because if it's programmed for the asset to go up in value, people are going to buy it and make it extremely liquid. Maybe. So it's not programmed to go up in value. It's programmed to deflate. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's programmed to, re- it's programmed and to Bitcoin under ideal in- scenarios in the future when it's finally actually implemented to deflate. And Bitcoin isn't programmed to pump forever. It's programmed to be disinflationary. I mean, Bitcoin's programmed to have a fixed supply and the nature of private keys means that people will probably lose them. Okay. No, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like hone in on like, what do you like, do you understand what is money and then what properties make money good? And then how, how do these changes to Ethereum make it actually do that thing? Like, how does it make it into ultrasound money? Because, you know, sorry, just because it's going to go up in value because it's lowering in its uh, because it's lowering its, uh, on, you know, the amount of supply. Like, mm-hmm. how does that make it more liquid? How does that make it more saleable? How, how does that help with the distribution of the funds in terms of making it organically distributed across the world in order for people to want to, you know, have, again, have some natural access to it? So that, that was a lot. Um we're just going to go over the same thing so that, that we've gone over. Collateral on DeFi makes it scarce. Uh, staking and staking rewards makes it scarce. Uh, a function of scarcity as a result of the actual growth of the Ethereum economy, of which only you can use Ether to transact in the Ethereum economy, makes it scarce. Also, all of these truths about what Ethereum Ether is gives it favorable uh, collateralization uh, parameters in DeFi. And so, so long as like the DeFi and Ethereum just becomes the economy of the earth because it's on the internet for all the things that we like crypto economic networks to become, all of these things are tailwinds for specifically ETH the asset. And they're all driving scarcity in their own individual ways, in a, when the, which is the same exact feature that Bitcoin's hard cap offers is scarcity. And but all of these feature of small, smaller instances of scarcity are coming from many different angles. And then apart from that, you also need to transact on Ethereum to do anything. So you need Ether to do that. And so it just makes its way in like NFTs, like a billion, bajillion dollars in NFT sales denominated in Ether. That's a distribution mechanism. Ether is also plenty distributed. It, it, proof of stake is not a distribution mechanism. It's a security mechanism that allows for the reduction of issuance and which makes number go up. And so like the whole point of, of just like, okay, well, deflationary isn't making it money. Like, sure, but nothing is actually money. Money isn't an actual thing. It's just a, a, a term that we use to describe the currency that we transact in, whether and it comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes throughout history. And so if we just transact in Ether all the time, and you're saying that that's not money, but I'm seeing everyone touch Ether every single day and use it to execute their financial operations in the world, I don't care what we call it. Like, whatever. It's Ether at that point. I mean, yeah, in that dream scenario, sure, but we'll mm-hmm. see if Ether gets there, and yes, we'll we see, see with with the the likes of Justin Drake leading its economic security, and he can't even do a proper calculation of the Bitcoin economic security. How You're he's going way to too much weight is, on that? You're I mean, like way too it just it blows my mind because it's like not only is our individuals messing with the the code, the coordination mechanism. Mm-hmm. But these individuals, we can hear what they're saying. And when I hear what they're saying, it is bad to me. They're saying all the bad things. They're, yeah. they're like, they all are the like, things that are bad I, for your back. N- no, like I'm literally saying, like, they are saying incorrect things. So if they're saying incorrect things about you're one missing the topic, point. He, the point he was trying to make is not the point that is landing in your ears. I just can't get over the fact that. All of his statements were in contrast to Bitcoin. And then all of his statements about of Bitcoin were There's incorrect. There's no other thing to compare it to. What are they what then are we you compare At least to, compare it in an accurate way. If he can't even it's compare it in an accurate way, how is he? It's about being directionally correct. 
It's not how he's not even directionally correct because he's forecasting that Bitcoin is going to blow up and that he's <laughs> forecasting that Bitcoin has no security. And those things are not there's like literally no facts that show that that is happening. Is that your forecast? There, where are the facts that show that that's happening? Please show me a stat that show me that Bitcoin is unhealthy. Show me a stat that it's not sustainable. The depleting show me budget. a fact that it's huh? The, the, the budget is only gone budget. up in buying power. That's not the budget. Where is it? Those are the transaction fees. You can't secure a blockchain on transaction fees. There's the transaction fees right now are are ten percent of the amount paid to miners per block, and that's in Bitcoin's infancy. At that's nothing. That's at Bitcoin's infancy. It's Ether already has higher transaction fees than than I know. Well, Ether does a lot more on the blockchain. Bitcoin's a Mm, lot more scalable. Weird. So, again, like, how, how did that? How did that get fit in? How did scalability get fit in? What do you mean? It's more scalable. You can actually, Bitcoin can support a ecosystem of store of value usage on its blockchain, whereas Ethereum, like, I know a lot of people, you this this like really icky feeling on when you're trying to transact in Ether, where you're like, I really need to do this, but I'm unwilling to pay the transaction fee, and you have to like make that decision, and, and not to say anyways. that. And not to say that, like, you know, at, you know, at some price levels, Bitcoin does get like that as well. But like Ethereum is getting like that right now. And there's no there's very, 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 very little <laughs> adoption at all. Like, how is it going to sustain any like an order of magnitude more people on it? Um, Bitcoin what is, do you mean how? an order of what magnitude have we been more t- people. What have all very, the scaling well. things that we've been doing have you been paying attention to? I can't. Hear That's you. why we're doing all the scaling stuff. Can you say that one more time? That's why we're doing all this scaling stuff. Do you want me to, do, should I walk through all the scaling stuff that we're doing? One more time. <laughs> Shall I walk through all the scaling stuff that we're doing? I mean, I, I'm just saying like, in terms of the actual constraints of the physical system, like Bitcoin is very well pre- is very well prepared to scale at what it aim it is aiming to do. Whereas Ethereum is not very well. You prepared don't get to, to scale call, at what it's aiming to do. You don't get to call centralized database exchanges Bitcoin scaling. I mean, in terms of Bitcoin's actual blockchain today. It's fee pressure and the ability for people to transact on the blockchain today, given a, what is it, two and a half X increase from 2017 levels is actually cheaper. That means Bitcoin has scaled on the blockchain. Okay. That means exchanges are using the blockchain more efficiently. That means individual users are using the blockchains more efficiently. And that means that Bitcoin is actually performing better at its job. So if the, I'm not it's, saying I'm not throwing intermediated. Shade at it. it's, it's it's scaling versus intermediation. That's not cool. No, there's more there's more transactions on the actual blockchain for cheaper. Right. Yeah, because because they're being packed out like bundled up by all the centralized exchanges or whatever like or, or all the wallets have better fee estimation. Like all of that. Has you're only going to get so far with that. You're not going to. You, you're not going to get the so whole. So, do you world. doubt human ingenuity to optimize? That's what I'm saying to you about Ethereum for the past like three years. No, here's the difference: <laughs> is I'm saying that humans can optimize around Bitcoin and using mm-hmm. Bitcoin, and with Ethereum, their solutions are you get Justin Drake, who clearly can't do research on how Bitcoin works, coming up with these like dream scenarios for Ethereum, and you're preaching that that is the reality. That is what is going to happen. The reality of Bitcoin, hash rate is going up. Legitimization is going up. The actual on-chain blockchain is scaling in real terms. Like, I'm like I'm not saying, I'm, like in none of these, I, I haven't levied anything saying that Ethereum is bad here. I'm saying that mm-hmm. th- these assumptions about Bitcoin are wrong. They're not right. And then how does that affect your assumption about Ethereum? I, I think that the assumptions about Bitcoin are meaning, maybe they are not technically in a numbers perspective right today, yet they are meaningfully right in the long term. And that's why I'm interested in what Justin Drake has to say about Ethereum and glad that he's leading the Ethereum ship.
All right. Should we wrap it? I think we should fucking wrap it. <laughs> These last few have been kind of going at you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so like, if this is this is completely a a conversation about a, a we're interpreting intentions differently. This is a, just a Bitcoiner versus Ethereum, just miscommunication. Whereas Justin Drake is trying to get a point of, uh, across about a specific version of what he's trying to say. And Bitcoin and, and you and, and Bitcoiners are being like, well, all that's wrong because like I can back that up with data. And it's like, well, no, then you're also, mis- you're also missing the point. And like, sure, you can, we can point at Justin Drake and go, ha ha, you, you've got that wrong. But if you are if you're still missing what he's saying, then you're missing what he's saying. I'm not missing what he's saying. I think you are. He's making a lot of assertions about how Bitcoin works. He's making a lot of assertions about how Ethereum works. And just like I said with the Coinbase example, he's not taking he's not thinking about the right things. Like he's saying, look, he, here's another statement. He's saying Ethereum is more efficient than Bitcoin because you get so much more security per mm-hmm. energy used. But per what dollar, if per, what per if value, using a value? What if no? He said energy use. He's saying it's you get more bang for your buck. I listened to the podcast very recently. Um, okay, he he said that. Okay, mm-hmm. first and foremost, how does he like? I'm I'm pretty sure at this point, in terms of Bitcoin as an, a network, it has the biggest green energy and renewable energy adoption rate of an entire infrastructure situation of any like I I doubt that there's actually any network of computers that are more renewably sourced in terms of their energy than the the Bitcoin network okay so in terms of like how is he talking like in what way is he measuring like energy efficiency and then the second thing is like why are we optimizing towards using less energy because in reality we know that there's infinite energy so is there there, I mean, there, there's pra- practically there? infinite energy. Yeah, absolutely, in the universe that we can so, that we can tap into. It's that's well, that's exactly the point. This is a matter of tapping and utilizing energy more efficiently, and that doesn't necessarily mean using less energy. That means using energy more efficiently. So, like, is reducing the actual energy consumption of the network even something that's beneficial? Even something that is solving problems? And, and I question that. And again, I think the Coinbase example is a great example of like how I just don't understand how he's calculating security on the proof of stake side, because he seems to take it at face value, dollars of value in proof of stake equal percent and then, you know, multiplied by whatever percentage of the network that is, you know, that is the security budget. When right. in reality, it's definitely more nuanced than that. Coinbase just putting in a million ETH is not like, a dollar for dollar value put in the security mechanism because it is one party holding the keys. Maybe if they cryptographically change that, it could change it. But, you know, uh, again, I'm just questioning a lot of the, the face value things he said. Well, the, the reason why he was counting $1 of Coinbase stake versus $1 of home computer validation stake is because if Coinbase does anything wrong with that, the the social layer of ethereum can just nix their coins this is the, this is the steam example when like uh justin stun tried to tried to co-op the steam blockchain and they were like well no uh we are going to delete your funds uh and so like there's always that backstop where like it doesn't matter if some centralized exchange tries to s- just claim ownership over ethereum because they'll just get deleted from the social well, how about the users of those exchanges like that's not very good for the social con, con well, then they, you know then they should maybe they shouldn't have used a centralized an extremely contentious situation that emerges right there and it's very subjective to some degree too if you can say that like bitcoin miners that that are trying to attack the bitcoin blockchain and they're trying to accrue enough asics but then all of a sudden they do accrue enough asics so that they choose to not attack the bitcoin mine uh, bitcoin blockchain because they why would they kill the golden egg or whatever kill the golden goose, golden goose. that's that's the same thing that's, that's the exact same thing why would Coinbase attack the network if they had all the stake? It's the same game theory. And I mean, the, the, here's the reality is I just really don't like the general use attack. Because like, what does attack mean? Like, Justin's like, oh, you get two shots and Bitcoin said, that's not true. Okay, look, if you can perpetually double spend the network and, and, and censor all transactions, that is killing the network. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Attack. So that's a full on takeover that takes a long period of time. And then it still takes a long time to go backwards and reverse transactions. So you also have like, what are you disrupting? Is it active right. Bitcoin transactions? Is it the history? If you can disrupt the history, that's fucking bad. Like that's really fucking bad. Right. That doesn't take hours of mining. That would take years, years of hashing, especially old coins. Like those are deep. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of blocks on top of them. So you have to go very, very far deep into to fuck that up on nodes uh, that are running the proper blockchain. Um, so he was talking about sovereignty, attacking Bitcoin's sovereignty, which is I mean, again, I'm just like, saying, like these attacks need to be defined well, right? So okay, so no, with the, no, the so, so he's going to say no, like, they don't. What attack are we talking about here? Are we talking he's, about? Well, no, because you need to define the attack, attack well is bad. because. Well, okay, so yeah, well, I would say that exchanges having lots of coins are able to leverage the proof of stake and the governance and the social contracts in order to apply social engineering attacks, especially with a social contract that allows for the underlying technology to be changed. Like that's a realistic attack. You know, when he says, hey, attacking Bitcoin, what is he actually referring to? Like there are many of documented attacks that you can break down. Like I said, double, you know, double spending exchanges, going backwards, destroying the history, censoring all transactions. Be specific, mm-hmm. please. I Is want all specific. of the above. Okay. Well, I mean, but at the same time, all of the, of the above isn't a one shot death. Okay. I'm sorry. Censoring some transactions is not a one shot death. That's not doomsday for Bitcoin. This is that, a good example of like the miscommunication, the, not, not the miscommunication, but the speaking past each other between you and Justin Drake going on right now, because it, like, it's not he doesn't speaking past each other. He literally said, these are one shot kills. Bitcoin gets two shots. It gets one, it gets one hash rate uh, switch and then they switch to GPUs and then they, and then they get another switch, maybe to proof of stake. That's what he said. That's what you and Ryan talked mm-hmm. about and chuckled about mm-hmm. and like, haha, Bitcoin Zoom. Like uh, those are not realistic scenarios. And we're going through those. You can't answer against them. Yeah, that's because they're very theoretical. They're not talking past each other. You you said these things. They're not accurate. No, because he's talking about the model. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Your model is not accurate. You don't know that. You have no one knows. No one knows these things. You can look at look at fucking and again, Bitcoin is different than Ethereum Classic, but Ethereum Classic is surviving many double spends on exchanges. Those surviving. are local problems. It was never to those alive exchanges. in the first place. Whatever it was never I guess coin, place. But I mean you can look at you can look at exchanges and you can look at coins across the spectrum. I mean again, I'm not saying that those are equivalent to Bitcoin, but I mean Doubles, a single double spend is not a death blow by any means. I mean, if, if a single double spend was a death blow, then what happened to Ethereum with uh, with uh, freaking what's it called? Infura in last November should have been a death blow, right? But it wasn't mm-hmm. a death blow. We could organize around it. It was clear enough what should have been the correct chain, right? So, I mean, it's just like his framing. I, I just can't agree with it at all. It's just not accurate. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want me to see if I can get Justin Drake to come on the podcast sometime? No, I'd rather just shit talk him on Twitter until he blocks <laughs> me or comes up with something better because he's, he has he's, he, he's he hasn't shown me you. anything better. He hasn't shown me anything better. He showed because me two he, invoices that that showed that the the, the equipment was going to be delivered in a year from that from, from now. <laughs> I, I don't have anything further to say. Okay. Well, you know, I would implore you and Ryan, you know, I know you, you have an agenda to pump ETH, but I would implore you to give your users good information because if you give them bad gave, information, I think, we, I think we gave them fantastic information and I, mean, I just don't, don't think you liked it for success. <laughs> I, I told you in a pretty objective ways how there was incorrect information there. And I, I tried not yeah. to make too many claims about how Ethereum actually works. I don't disagree with that. Uh, okay, so you disagree with that? <laughs> no, I said I don't disagree with that. Okay, okay, so you agree. Okay, well, let, let's that. just wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> let's wrap it up. I need to go get a side table. Did not say that. <laughs> I need to get a side table. All right. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. You can follow the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. You can follow me at Trustless State, both on Twitter and on Bankless Christian. 
You guys can find me at CK underscore snarks. Follow me if you want to continuously see me hound Justin Drake on here until he gives me some good analysis. Because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he is going on podcasts and he's spreading FUD. And this ultrasound money meme, it's just a bad meme. Kenny Rowe was calling it out too. It's just not a good meme. Dude, he was being sarcastic. He loves the meme. All right, whatever. It's stupid. I, I hope that's true. I, but I'm pretty sure he was being sarcastic. I mean, I don't know. I can never tell on Twitter, and Kenny yeah, is an interesting Kenny, guy. Kenny is, is doing that on purpose, making it very, very big. Okay, well, hey, I love you, Kenny. Um, and uh, the ultrasound money thing just doesn't make sense to me. All right, peace. Bye. It's up, then it's up for you to decide.